I would also like to just greet each and every one of us this morning in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, the one who is the rock, the one who is the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. <clears throat> I wrote that as one of the answers, you know, what, what do you, who do you say Jesus is? Well, my salvation, the way, the truth, the life, Lord of Lord, King of Kings, um, Emmanuel, um, all the labels and the words that were put on of who Jesus is that's given to us in the Bible, there, there are many. High priest, you know, um, do, do we know him? <clears throat> do we confess him? Do we make him known with our life? So uh, I think that's a challenge that I take away from there. Um, <clears throat> I was also thinking about this song, and I couldn't come up with the words, and maybe somebody can write them down. Um, sometime here, but the song we used to sing where Jesus is the rock where I now stand, um, I just forget all the words. You you guys remember them? Deborah, Seth, Lois, I don't know, we used to sing that. I will spend my life holding on to his hand um, when the storms of life rush over me. I cry, Lord, please have mercy and lift me up above the sinking sands. I know words, but don't have them all together. Write them down. Maybe I want to sing that for as our uh, parting song. For so long a time, my weary heart has um, trembled. I just forget. Anyways, looking, um, I like to wrap this up a little bit with this series of the of the the thing on the Pharisees and what we can learn from them um, in the past. And remember that these were people and. Uh, that and still today in a sense we should we should um, highly respect them you know um, they were back at that time because their goal and their desire was to keep the law and to keep the word of God alive and to keep it um, help people to follow it and they did it you know for years and years and then it degenerated into the into where it became their law versus God's word and Jesus talks about them a lot and today's scripture we're going to see where probably one of the 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 harshest where Jesus was the harshest upon them would be in Matthew chapter 23 um we can turn to that and let's just read that chapter or most of that chapter I guess <clears throat> If we're going to learn something from, if we're going to learn something from what Jesus told us in talking to these people, then we probably will pick it up. We probably can learn out of this chapter, uh, Matthew chapter twenty-three. <clears throat> so, if you want to, let's stand and we'll read the first twelve verses at least, I guess, or more. In Matthew chapter 23. Here he's saying. <clears throat> there's another chapter then. But let's just start with this. <clears throat> and then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples. Saying. The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Look. The preeminence that they had. They sat. Where. You know, they sat where the Supreme Court judge sits today, so to speak. They sat in the seats that were the highest in the, in the, in the land. 
All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, uh, they bid you observe. He's telling the things that they tell them to observe him. That do observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and they do not. And do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men, that they make broad their philosophies and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feast, and the chief seats in the synagogue, <clears throat> and greetings in the markets, and be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And then he starts in 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees! <clears throat> hypocrites for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in woe unto you scribes and pharisees and hypocrites for ye devour widows houses and for a pretense make long prayer and therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for ye can pass the sea and land to make one proselyte Proselyte, and then when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether he is greater, the gold of the temple that sanctify... Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold... And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple and, swear by it, and sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Here comes another 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay, you pay tithe of mint and anus and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, which are judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done, and not leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a knot, a gnat, and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but, with, but within they're full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is, is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto a whitened sepulchre, which indeed appears beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and, and of all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our father, 
we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be a witness unto yourself that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill you up, then, the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them shall, some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous Abel and the blood of Zacharias, the son of, of Barcaius, of whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come, in, unto, come upon this generation. The subject changes here just a little bit. He was talking... Um, to the scribes and the Pharisees, but now I believe he's talking to all Christians. You know, he's talking to each and every one of us. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her children under her wings, and you, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> I think we'll, we'll touch on that maybe just a little bit. The Jerusalem represents, would be representing, you know, the, the Christians, the people that have then went, you know, they even went forth as, as, uh, as the Jewish and, and crucified Christ and nailed him to the cross. <clears throat> How often he wanted to gather his people together and they would not to come to come together. There's another. Um, you can turn with me back to Matthew chapter 16. Then a few verses I think I want to read here. Yeah. In, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 6, then Jesus is also again talking about the scribes and the Pharisees here. From 6 to 12. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. You know, he, he brought the word in leaven there. It's because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, you know, Jesus saw that thought. When he perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because you have brought no bread? <coughs> do, you not do, you not yet do you yet not understand? Neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand, how many baskets you took up. Neither the seven loaves and the four thousand, how many baskets you took up. How is it that you do not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <clears throat> and then we start on, on the question on 13. We, we see that when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi that we had today and the question was asked, who do men say that I am, that I, the Son of Man, am? 
and we can finish with that that we had in Sunday school class. Um, <clears throat> but they, they then got the point and understood, and I think that we must also understood, understand, you know, it's, the, it's not the leaven, it's not, you know, it's not the bread, it's not the things that they tell us that we should do, um, it's to beware of the doctrine that they had. <clears throat> they, would, they would say and they would do not. <clears throat> So the chapter that we read is probably the long one of the longest chapters of condemnation that Jesus spoke uh, out upon any people. You know, there's like eight times I think he says, "Woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you." And gives examples of what they were what they were saying and what they were doing. And that was that was not what Christ wanted was not following him in his ways. Um <clears throat> So on the, on the first, going through Matthew 23 there, <clears throat> um, in verse 3, he tells them that, he says that, uh, that they were inconsistent, they were untrustworthy. They don't do what they tell you, they don't, they're not doing what they're telling others to do at all. In verse 4, he sa- simply says that they bind heavy burdens upon them and that are grievous, he says, but they themselves will not move with one finger. You know, they, was, they were lazy. They would not even lift a finger to help you. They would say what you had to do, but not even lift a finger to help you. Um, they would put burdens on others, but not willing to carry that load at all. In verse 5, he tells us that, you know, they made these things to be seen of men, and they would enlarge the borders of their garments. I don't know if I'm saying that word right or not, phylacteries, whatever, but it's like it was a belt that went around their center, I think, and they would make them wide. Um, they would hold certain things in them. To be seen of men. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they just did this. They did all this stuff to be noticed by others. In verse 6 and 7, they sought for rewards and positions. Uh, whenever they went to the banquets, whenever they went to the synagogues, whenever, whenever they was in the marketplace. When they were in the marketplace, they wanted the common people, when they walked past them, to say, Rabbi, Rabbi. You know, it was a, it was a presid- presid- Prestigious name. It's kind of like we would, you know, I don't know if we'd meet um, <clears throat> a Biden or not. We'd say, "Hail President, Hail President." You know, probably not many people would, would today, maybe. But you heard you heard them when they was walking by, and they would say, "Hail Trump," right? You know, according to who it is. But they would want to be seen of men. These people would put them in positions, and they would expect that of them. And so that Jesus is warning against these things you know, um, in our life. You know. Um, can we can we remember that what Jesus told us in several examples? He who wants to lift himself up or be exalted, that he should humble himself. If we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, then He is the one that'll lift us up. Exaltation comes from humility. Um, that's counter of what we see in the world today, and it was also very counterproductive for the Pharisees to do that. <clears throat> Let's just look at the couple of the woes there, starting in verse 13, I think it is, um, in 23. One of the first places where it says that, but woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Um, he, here he says that they shut off the kingdom of heaven. They shut off the kingdom from people. Well, how did they do that? Well, they themselves was not part of the kingdom. So if they led people to them, they just led them to themselves to become another Pharisee. 
They never, they, 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 and so they hindered them from even coming into the kingdom because of the doctrine that they, they put, up, put up on them. You do not enter into yourselves, nor do you allow those who, are, who want to enter into the kingdom. People looked at them how to get into the kingdom of heaven because they thought they knew the laws. They knew the, the word of God. They were the people that studied it and was trying to preserve it all. But what did they do? It says they shut up the kingdom of heaven for, even from the people that were seeking it by going to them. <clears throat> they had rejected the Messiah. Um, they preferred their own traditions over the word of God. They... Uh, they chose their ways um, of interpretation and their ways of, of giving out the law, giving out the commandments um, over what was truly God's word. So when they would lead others to believe exactly like they believe, then um, that was shutting the door to the kingdom of God unto those that wanted to come unto them. <clears throat> In verse 14 comes the next woe. Um, it says something about, and there's no way that, that we could probably spend a who knows how much time in trying to analyze and figure out all the ways and things that they have. I'm not that well learned in, in they had, but here was, here was something that it says they would devour widows' houses. I don't know exactly what all that meant, but somehow they would, in, in the... Pretense of helping them, they got the deed to the house, let's say, okay? And it added to their riches somehow. Somehow by, you know, that we would take care of the widow, but therefore, you know, and then other thing was they made pretense of long prayers. It tells us in 14, therefore it says that they would receive the greater condemnation <clears throat> in verse 14. They make, yeah. They devoured widows' houses. I don't know what all that interpreted, I guess. But they made a pretense of long prayers. They would stand on the street corners and they would pray. <clears throat> you know, and we got accused of that in our life already. Like, well, you can't pray from your heart. You can't pray out loud. You can't pray in a you know, openly in a, in a congregation with people. That's the same as standing on the street corners. Well, I'm sorry, but I think their, their, their interpretation of that is wrong too. So um, we are allowed to pray and cry out to God at any given time in our life, wherever we may be. And it doesn't, if it is the heart cry of God to God, it will not come forth as a, as a prayer of look at me, woe me. <clears throat> uh, 15 is the next one, I guess. <clears throat> this is the third one he says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. He says they travel around the sea. They would go everywhere into every country so remember i think these people were very evangelistic they wanted to draw people to them they wanted to be more in number you know they were very evangelistic they would travel um across sea to just if they would go if it meant that they could make one more like them and when he became one of them when he actually joined them and became a pharisee or a sadisee in their thing jesus simply told them at the end of 15 there, you know, what kind of a, what would, how would that make you feel? You know, how, how should have it made them feel? He said that they would make that person a twofold more child of hell. It's like, how, how, can you find stronger language than that? 
in the Word of God against something? You know, how sad, how sad. And when he is made, you make him twofold more a child of hell than yourselves. I, don't, I can't explain all that. I don't need to try. It's simply just, you know, it's, it's the word of God. <clears throat> you know, they were, so they were evangelists. They were missionaries. So when they, when they brought more people in, then that was that many more. Um, you know, so, so the, twofold, the twofold thought that I read was simply, they themselves were separated from God. But getting another person to follow them um, was like two times, you know. It doubled the amount that was not following God. Um, they, they caused them to follow an empty and a false religion. In verse 16, there's another woe unto you. He calls them blind guides here. And he says, whoever swears by the temple, that's nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated. You know, so, so Jesus tried to explain this to them. You know, uh, they says, you know, if you swear by the temple, that doesn't mean anything. You're supposed to swear by the gold in the temple. But what was it that actually kept the gold within the temple? What would be greater, the gold within it or the temple surrounding it that keeps it? You know, you can, you can, uh, <clears throat> you can spiritualize that if you want to, you know, is, you know, our hearts and the things within us and God within us or the, the Holy Spirit surrounding us and, and guarding us and protecting us. Um, you know, they just they just twisted things. They twisted those oaths, and what happened? It would it actually deceived the people. They thought the gold was the greatest. Um, they they um, they complicated that. Um, and there was some of the some of them uh, some of the of the things that they asked you to swear by or so forth would have been trustworthy, but most of them was not. They was they was dishonest. It was untrustworthy, and it meant nothing. It was meaningless. You know, what, what, what power would there be to swear by a piece of gold? Where would there be any power? <clears throat> then he jumps down to verse 23, number, is, a, is like the fifth time where he says, Woe unto you, hypocrites. Here he's saying that they tithe. They give their, their spices, dill, cumin, mint. They give these things into the temple, and they, make, they made a show of that, of course. But they would neglect the weightier matters. And the weightier matters is still the weightier matters of today. Mercy, grace, faithfulness, justice for all. You know, those are way more weightier. Jesus said, you know, in some place he, he wrote there, Peter writes, you know, that I, would des I desire mercy more than he desires anything else. Um, and we can experience that every day that we, that we are here, that we draw breath, um, that we live. The mercy of God and the grace of God is here um, to strengthen us and to help us to walk by faith in him. <clears throat> it, this is just telling us that, you know, the, the small commands, you know, they stress the, the they stress the, 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 the dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but the heavier things, the weightier things of mercy and grace, they would just pass over. They neglected those things. <clears throat> Here's another thought that came forth in that. When they were doing all this in, in, their, um, in their daily thing of tithing and giving that, they were simply just religiously busy. 
religiously busy work is what, they, what it was. And religious, religiously busy work became a substitute for the real issues of human life. The real issues of people seeking to follow God's will. You can busy yourself doing so much good that you will neglect the weightier things of God, of seeking Him. We can be busy. It doesn't mean anything. They were also. So the term is religiously busy. They would encompass sea and land to find someone that would follow them to do them. Now that's religious busyness. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit the kingdom. It's like it's not seeking his face. <clears throat> the next one is, is uh, in 25 and 26, he talks about, um, for you are clean on the outside of the cup. For you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but on the inside it says they're full of robbery and self-indulgence. Um, we not we we may not um, think about stealing things from people, but where does self indulgence put puts us put us? You know, how many times are we do things we do and say just so much reflected on self? What I want, what I can do, what feels good to me, um, those are all things of of self indulgence. Um, are we you know are we willing to look at? What you know, the woes that Jesus said unto these people, but these were things that they were also involved in, and where do we find ourselves? <clears throat> let's clean, you know, let's clean the inside of the cup, and we don't need to worry about the outside. That's just that I think that's the truth of the matter. If the inside is clean, um, the outside will shine, it will reflect for us, it will also become clean. Um, <clears throat> He told them that, you blind Pharisees, first go clean that. So they misunderstood what it meant to be spiritually clean, what it meant to, what spiritual cleanness meant for them. They, they looked at all the externals. Look right, talk right, make sure your phylacteries are big, make sure you have the seat in the house that where you're supposed to be sitting, make sure people acknowledge you as rabbi when you walk past them. They focused on those externals, you know, and the real problem was inside. <clears throat> Spiritual cleanness can start on the inside and it will move outside, never the other way around. <clears throat> 27 and 28, he brings another, this is like number seven of the woes that he, he cried out to them. He told them they're like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside would appear beautiful. <clears throat> if you look at a, at a, at a tombstone and at a, at a tomb, but what's on the inside is he told them they were dead men's bones and all uncleanness. 28, so you too outwardly, you appear to be righteous, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness, it says. <clears throat> they ignored the problem. You know, the, the problem that Jesus was trying to tell them, that they had an appearance of religion. And, and, a, and in a, we can have, you know, we can be guilty of that very thing. We can have an appearance of religion. <clears throat> But it will never change what's inside. It will never change the reality of what is, can be inside of that appearance of religion. That appearance of religion can be a whitewashed tomb. 
and inside be full of dead men's bones. <clears throat> Looking good on the outside can never do anything about the sin that we may have on the inside. Pharisees, have fallen; they had fallen prey to that trap, that they loved their appearance over any substance. And the, then one of the eighth, the eighth one there, in Matthew 29 to 33, was where he again said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of righteousness and say. They were saying, they, were, they, they said or they told Jesus, you know, if we'd have been alive back in that day, there's no way we would have killed your prophets and your people. You know, we would have not did that at all. So what he told them in 31, you acknowledging those were your people where you come from, you are testifying against yourself that you are the sons of the men that murdered the prophets. And therefore, unless you repent, that guilt, that measure of guilt that was upon your fathers is still upon you. And in 33, he said, you are serpents. You're a brood of vipers. How will you escape that sentence of hell? They, you know, their own words acknowledged and condemned them of who they were <clears throat> um, as a part of, even though they proclaimed that, you know, no, there's no way that they would have did that. Ask ourselves the question, you know, we, we look at the crucifixion and everything that, that the people had done to Jesus, the Jewish people, and if you don't, I would in my mind just easily say, there's no way that I would have did that back then. I have no clue. I may have been one of the, also the ones that did not believe and would, would, would have I been in the crowd saying, crucify him? You know, well, he bore, you know, we know what he did for us. He bore our sins upon that cross. Um, he did it for me. He did it for you. And he did it for all those that cried out, crucify him too. <clears throat> you know, he told them there that they shared the guilt of their fathers in rejecting and even killing the, the you know, they put John the Baptist to death. They beheaded him. Um, these are harsh words. They're condemning words. It put the Pharisees back in with a company of people that they, you know, wanted no part of. They would never chose or wanted to be labeled with, and yet they did it themselves. <coughs> if the Pharisees who openly sought ways to kill Jesus, just like the other Jews, would have rejected, persecuted, and even killed the prophets of God if they would have been living back then. That's what Jesus told them in that verses. <clears throat> so then we come to the last part, simply there were, um, you know, the condemnation seems to be so hard upon that group of people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and yet he turns towards Jerusalem, he turns towards his, um, he turns towards his, well, whatever all Jerusalem would, would indicate or be um, New Jerusalem, you know, the heavenly Jerusalem, the church of the God, church of God, you know, the church of the living, um, all kinds of uh, interpretations or labels that we can put on Jerusalem. And, you know, the very people that Christ came for, we know are the ones that turned against him and had him crucified. And it was God's plan and, and God's way of bringing salvation to mankind. 
But here, he's, here he cries out to those. He cries out to us today. You know, um, we're guilty. Our sins were also makes us guilty of putting Christ on the cross. We're forgiven, though. He has forgiven us that. We accept that forgiveness, and we understand that. <clears throat> but here his cry was, he wanted to, you know, and he still wants to today, gather his children together. And he gives example, like you watch a chicken, like a hen, gather the chicks under her wings. And many are still unwilling today. Um, and he also tells us that if that's the case, you're, you're, behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you from now on, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> even the Pharisees who generated the harshest and most condemning words from Jesus, they also got his pity. They also was granted um, a measure of his mercy if they would have accepted it. It was, it was there for them. He would have extend, he extended it to them. You know, he, he pitied them as he closes this chapter out there. <clears throat> so, a few more things, I guess. Here to, um, <clears throat> so these eight different woes that we saw here, um, it should give us some, t some time, or we should take some time, you could say, um, and think about the woes that he cried out to them. <clears throat> Remember I said earlier when I started this, and I, I believe you could all say amen or agree to it, that you know, the spirit of the Pharisees has still never died in this world. You know? And it's probably more alive and well, not in the world, but in the churches. Where else could it exist? The spirit of the Pharisees can be within, our con within congregations, with those that gather, with those that... that um, want to worship God, this, that spirit can still be there. Um, <clears throat> you know, we think we would never be guilty of any of these things that he, that he said unto them. <clears throat> but how easily could we be, or can we be? You know, do we use religion to feed our greed? Um, do we use religion to make money, so to speak? Um, do, we, uh, <clears throat> do we keep others from coming to God? and worshiping him because we want to promote our traditions and the way that we think that is possible to come to God? Um, <clears throat> do we twist the truth um, in honesty into deceptions? Are we so tangled up with the small things of, of Christianity, the small things of, of life, and neglect the the major things of mercy and grace? Do we understand spiritual cleanness? <clears throat> do we misunderstand it? Do we understand it or do we misunderstand it? How that the cup can never be clean on the outside if it's not first cleansed on the inside? Can we get caught up in the appearance of religion? Can we be so busy in religion that we neglect other things? And also... Are we so easily and quickly able to just reject a message that comes from God? If God is speaking to us, sharing with us, laying things on our hearts, um, the Holy Spirit is alive and well, 
Um, no one's exempt. Anyone can, you, know, you can cry out to him and be still and know that he's God and hear what he's saying. Do we reject that? Um, do we act upon it? Or these are all things I'm asking myself. Please don't take this personal, you know. Um, far too often we may find ourselves, at least in principle, maybe not in the very active thing, but at least in principle, uh, in being caught in the very things that Jesus condemned the Pharisees for. So, um, what do we take away from this? Or what can we take away from this? What can we learn? Um, let's just let's dig in and examine ourselves and do the hard work. Do what it takes. Be willing um, to be different than the scribes and the Pharisees. Be willing. Let's change our mentality about a lot of different things and let's challenge ourselves with what is the true representation of what Jesus is like, can be like today. What does he truly want us to represent in him as we go about our daily lives? <clears throat> I, wanted to clo- I wanted to close this. I had one more message, but I would like to just combine it together a little bit and, and close it out with, um, with a few things here. You know, in, in Luke 12, where he said about, I mean, not Luke, but Matthew 16, where he said about to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the hypocrisy. But I also want to close it out with a, um, being positive, I guess. The real goal in, the, in, this, you know, in this whole thing, in this message of looking at what he said to the scribes and the Pharisees, um, <clears throat> I've never, I've never used this scripture before in my life to examine myself and some of the thoughts and things that I have about people and traditions and ways. Because when I always, when I heard it before, it was always simple, like, well, that's those people over there that Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about me. He's not pointing to me. I'm not guilty of these things. You know, it's it's them over there, and. Uh, but I've taken it way more personal, you know, at this point in time, because I need to if I want to not be like them. <clears throat> Anyways, Matthew 5. I'm going to close with these verses and then be open for sharing the testimony. Um, <clears throat> just some scriptures to keep in mind that Jesus told us. He simply said, and he's talking not to the Pharisees now, you know, he's talking to us. He's talking to everyone that, that, um, that knows Christ and has accepted Christ within his heart, accepts salvation as a free gift, that is a child of God. You are the salt of the earth, he says. Matthew 5, verse 13. But he also, behind that, he says, but if this salt becomes tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under by the foot of men. Then he comes with the next one. You are the light of the world. You are the... You are this. He's not saying maybe, but as a child of God's, you are the salt of the earth. You are a light of the world. A city set up on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, 
There's not a small letter or stroke shall pass from the law until it's all accomplished. Whoever annuls one of these, the least of commandments, and teaches others to do the same, he's talking about the Pharisees, dear. he's talking about people, okay? It's not just say Pharisees, but he's talking about if men do this, if people do this, if we annul, if we take the least of these commandments and teach others to do the same, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever then he tells us that teaches and keeps them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, unless your righteousness, he says here, surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, will not enter into the kingdom. So I think there's something we should learn from what Jesus told and spoke out and the scribes and the Pharisees if we do not want to be like them. I'm open for sharing your testimony. <clears throat>